1: Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Uh, Hosting us today is Jeff Cross. (laughs) How are we today,
1: Jeff? I'm good. I'm good. drove the golf cart today. It was hot last week. It was... um, I know you said that you would never complain how hot it was, Yeah, you didn't. You I haven't, didn't. but I bet it was at the tip of your tongue. It
2: was warm. <laughs> it was very, very warm. Uh, my name's Chad Ozy. Together, Jeff and I have been uh, leading this podcast here, talking through this podcast, whatever you want to call it, for almost yeah. two years now. Kind of crazy. We have about 100 episodes in the can. Uh, it's amazing how many of these we have done. And one of the things that's interesting, Jeff talked about how how hot it's been this week. So I've had a, a significant amount of outdoor projects that I've had to get done. Of course, and I've started uh, determining how hot the day is by how many shirts I go through in a day.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> You know,
2: when one is so wet and heavy that you feel like, you know, you're wearing a a weighted shirt, it's Mm -hmm. time to switch out to a new shirt. And so I've started, was this a three-shirt day? Uh, Is this a (laughs) four-shirt day? (laughs) But I have not complained. And that goes back to uh, spring baseball Mm -hmm. in the Midwest uh, is miserable when it comes to temperatures. Yeah, Um, We're in six, seven layers half the time out there working baseball games. And so it was so cold and I was so tired of being cold. I made the commitment to myself. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna complain no matter how hot it got in the summer. Yeah. And up till now, I haven't. At least mm. not on a baseball field. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have uh, a couple more series that I've got to do uh, in my in my regular league, and then I've got some fall college baseball I'll be working. So I'm sure it'll get tested mm. before the end of it. But uh, but we've held there so far, and that's been a good good thing. Jeff, one of the things that I always think is interesting um, whenever we come in to record each and every uh, week or every time that we record. Sometimes we'll put two or three of these in the can in a week if we know we've got a vacation coming up or something like that. But one of the things that's interesting is rarely do we ever come in, sit down, press the record button, and start. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the conversations that we have – Are about specifically what we're going to record. That makes sense to everybody, right? You know, (laughs) we're going to talk through what we're going to do or whatever. There are times we don't. There are times we just sit down and and have a conversation. But almost always, when we come in and sit down, we just talk, Mm -hmm. just have a conversation. You know, I think your initial question to me this morning was, you know, get a good night's rest. That's right. You know, you've got a, a big event coming up tomorrow. I'm asking you about that. Those kinds of things back and forth. And one of the things that I was reminded of this past week through a conversation with someone else Mm -hmm. is that there are very few people in this day and age that have intentional conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean by that. Lots of us have everyday conversations. Mm -hmm. We have conversations with coworkers about the project we're working on or about the thing we need. We have conversations at school about the assignment that has to be completed. Uh, We have conversations at home about, you know, who's taking out the trash or who's (laughs) going to clean the dishes in the sink or whatever that might be. But as far as having regular, dedicated, intentional conversations- many of us in the day and age that we live in just have very few because so much of our communication is digital so much of our communication mm-hmm. is short you know we used to joke and say that the the new generation couldn't have any conversation that took more than 140 characters <laughs> right. to, to give because that's what twitter used to be mm-hmm. uh, of course they've expanded that now but uh, but that thought process still is kind of there you know we've looked to be able to shorthand a lot of our communication and I think it's something that is really detrimental to our growth as people. I think it's detrimental to our growth as officials mm-hmm. um, you know when the only communication that we have with other officials is what time you get in there yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know what's, what's your travel arrangements, what's your hotel you know whatever or you with your coordinator when the only communication is, when something goes wrong, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when we don't, when we don't have some of those intentional conversations. And so I was, I, I wanted to throw out a couple things today. I want to ask a couple questions, uh, and, uh, and see if this is something that we can talk through with our listeners today. And I, I would really like, as you're listening to this podcast today, I want you to be thinking of situations where these could happen in your life. I want you to be thinking of people that this could connect with. Because uh, I think it's really significant.
1: I, I have to say before you ask, I don't know what yep. question you're going to ask, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe sometimes when we when we get together and if you want to call it prep or just kind of mm-hmm. debrief each other, what we're going to talk about for 30 minutes or so, sometimes that's the best conversations. Oh sure. And and sometimes I'm like, golly, we should just press record right away. Yeah. You know. Um, not, not that it's any better or worse when we do press record, but it is very uh, you know it's very authentic of, of brainstorming you know through those times, those 30 minutes. So I enjoy those times. I enjoy the, the intentional conversations uh, as you call them. And I think the best way for us to have intentional conversations to have is intentional questions. Mm. You know we got we can't just say you know how was the weather? You know, uh, we always talk about the weather. It seems like that's a very common thing to talk about. Everyone pays attention to it. But, uh, you know, ask questions like, you know, what I think I, I remember last week, I said, I asked you, how's it going? And you're like, oh, you know, whatever it was. It was a, it was a tough morning, right? Yeah. And I said, why is that? What happened? What's going mm-hmm. on? And it was because you were looking for some uniforms and things like that. So, yeah. but, um, yeah, we need to ask those kind of questions and not, And not answer with yes or no, or you're right, and then move on. So intentional questions, intentional answers, intentional conversations.
2: And so if you're sensing a theme so far, it's intentionality. Um, And I I think that's something that we just miss a lot in our life in Mm -hmm. this day and age. We get so busy ticking things off the list. We get so busy just getting to the next thing Mm -hmm. that sometimes we we fail to stop and be intentional in the moment. Mm -hmm. I found it really interesting. I was in Kroger the other day. Uh, I was walking through the, uh, through the aisle. I had a hat on like the one I've got on right now. Uh, This week I am, uh, I'm not as clean shaven as I would normally be. It's just been one of those weeks where I've been doing a lot of uh, manual labor and stuff like that. And so I've just kind of been up and going and just haven't taken care of some of that. I'll be working a, High school football game tonight, uh, which is kind of fun. I'll talk about that later. But uh, uh, I'll be I'll be shaved before that game, so I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. look appropriate okay. to, to get out there. But <clears throat> as I'm walking down the middle aisle at Kroger, uh, I passed by somebody that I went to high school with. And, you know, there are some days when maybe you're feeling a little less than at your best or whatever, you know. You're like, okay, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going yeah. to I said, hey, how you doing? And they said, Chad. I didn't even recognize you. Well, yeah, because I look like you know, <laughs> whatever right now. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was just that tiny little moment, and it wasn't even a long conversation,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. But it was the intentional moment of, "Hey, I recognize you. Mm-hmm. You know, I acknowledge you," because sometimes and, and most of us have done this. You're you're walking around someplace, man. I I think I know them. Oh yeah, you know. But you mm-hmm. don't say anything, right? Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you're like. Why well, I know that was them. Well, why didn't they say hi? You know, mm-hmm. was that? Well, why why couldn't I be the one that said right. hi? But we also know what it feels like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. So if we take that moment to intentionally acknowledge someone, yeah, you know, I I think that's really important. So, um, I'm I'm gonna ask a few intentional questions mm-hmm. here, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to get uh, your take on them, and then I I think that'll probably springboard to some other conversation as well. Um, Jeff, when when it comes to conversations that center around officiating okay? okay that's not all the conversations that you have in your life we know that mm-hmm. okay but when it comes to conversations that center around officiating a lot of people that are listening to the podcast sports officials they're using this in their you know their officiating careers um how do you engage other people in conversations about officiating now that could be fellow officials, that can be coaches, that can be friends, that can be family. You know, when when you are talking shop, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. you know, how do you engage in those kinds of conversations?
1: Well, what do you mean by engage? So I want to know, are you is when, are referring to like someone comes up and me that I went to high school with and they say, are you still refereeing? Or, or are you talking about maybe some stranger that I met at a block party and like when they what do you do? I'm going to, I'm an official. Yeah. What you it, mean? it
2: can be that, or it can be, you know, when you're looking to have conversations about officiating with other officials, with other officials or other people, for whatever reason, you yeah. know, there, there are times that I might talk about officiating with somebody just trying to get their take mm-hmm. on something, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. I heard them complaining about how bad the home plate umpire was, <laughs> sure. blah, blah, blah. Right. Or, you know, I know they go watch a ton of high school sports and I want to see what they're thinking, feeling, whatever.
1: Um, I think my first response is or my first gut instinct is to relay the message as fast, fast as possible that officials are human. Mm. We are just people. And um, I think if I had to, if I was just talking officiating, whether with be a veteran official or someone at the block party, I think everyone needs to understand when you put the uniform on, whether it's your first time ever or if it's your 30th year, you look the same. So from an outsider's perspective, you look just as experienced as the other person does. If, if someone's first game decided to pick it up at seven years old after the from the military and now going to be a baseball umpire, they put the baseball uniform on and then, uh, whatever, a, uh, 30 year baseball umpire that started when they're 20 mm-hmm. and now is 50 and they look, you know, obviously 20 years younger than their partner. They, they, they think everyone has the same experience mm-hmm. just from the outsider. So there's, so they, it's hard for them to figure out. I, I, and I actually remember this exact conversation that I had with, um, Uh, friends of ours um and we were watching their kid play little league baseball and Mm -hmm. it was you know uh, an inexperienced little league umpire you know for whatever you know sure not an adult or not even really a an 18 year old probably a 17 16 year old kid and he had the uniform on and they were complaining about the fact that someone may or may not have missed a call and I just said, I said the only difference between you sitting here next to them and the person out there is they said yes. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. If this person would have had a choice to say no, they probably would have said no, knowing that you're going to be, you know, complaining about whether or not the call was right or not. Mm-hmm. So you're yelling at them because that fan, my friend, was not yelling, but you know, disagreeing. Because they're under the impression that this umpire on the Little League field has went through hours and hours of training. What they really went through is about 20 minutes of Google search on how to get a uniform. Sure. That's all they did. Yep. So and maybe
2: not even that. Somebody who was getting out may have said, hey, I've got this uniform, you want it. Right, yeah. Well, hey, I've got a uniform, maybe mm-hmm. I should do it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and they maybe they couldn't get a job at McDonald's because the hours weren't right but the hours are right here so mm-hmm. that's why they're out there so if i if i was to have any conversation with anyone an outsider thinks that we are experienced to the highest level whether we're a first year in or even 20 years in and even then if we're 20 years in there's people with 10 or 15 more years than us sure so they just they and they put this stigma on us where if they think that I'm just, just spouting you know, names, right? So let's, they say, they think Joe West is the best ball strike umpire there is. So as as far as they're concerned, everyone should be as good as Joe West. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's why we're all have different names and, you know, we all have different levels of experience or Joe Brickman, whoever, name the name, right? J- uh, Jerry Crawford in basketball, right? Jerry. Yeah. yep, Yeah. Jerry Crawford. So. That's where we. That's where those outsiders make that, and we have to understand that as a, if we're on the field. They just think that I'm just as experienced as anyone else. Yeah. They don't know.
2: So. And I found it really interesting. There was a, a big blow up in social media this last week over a particular plate job that a Major League Baseball umpire had done.
1: Is that the one, uh, Laz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, the funny thing was, they actually showed his statistics.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. He was like ninety two percent correct. Yeah. Right, and people were saying it was the worst plate job in the history of Major League Baseball. Sure were. And while all these other people were looking at how horrible it was, I'm just there going, man, how awesome is it that 92% is the worst <laughs> job yeah. that's ever happened? Can imagine A. That's being an A. 92% at your job? Yeah. Like, if you went to any employer yep. and said, hey, look, I have an employee for you that's going to be able to give you 92% productivity, Mm -hmm. accuracy, effort, whatever, Mm -hmm. would you take 92% over this person's career? And I don't know an employer out there that would say no to that. Love to hire 92%. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Yes. 92%. That's amazing. In fact, if you went to him and said, look, I've got an employee that will give you 80%. Like there's some days, you know, not going to be feeling well, not going to be on top of it, whatever, but look, they're going to be able to give you 80% productivity, Mm -hmm. 80% accuracy, 80% effort, 80%. Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, in this day and age, employers would take 80% without blinking an eye. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yet here we're saying that 92% was like the worst yeah. ever. needs
1: to be fired immediately. Yeah. You know? What are we doing? <laughs>
2: That's right.
1: I, I don't get it. I, you know?
2: And, and and again, I think that just comes from, you know, an officiating perspective. Everybody else is looking at going, ah, blah, 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 blah. I'm sitting there laughing my tail off mm-hmm. because I think it's awesome that, like, that's the worst ever because, like that, those are the numbers that I shoot for in my league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, man, i thrilled when I get a 92. Yeah, <laughs> yes. If half your
1: staff was 92, working That's for right. you, you'd be my, like, oh. my
2: yacker tack comes in and <laughs> yeah. I get a 92 score. I'm like, yes, this That's is right. awesome. This mm-hmm. is so great.
1: Some of that I'm going to write off to keyboard courage though, too. Right? Sure. Those people would not have the courage to to see Laz Diaz in line at the Kroger and go, you're the worst umpire out there. That's exactly right. They wouldn't right. have the courage. And if they did have the courage to say it, they would say it and run like a little scared little kid yeah. instead of actually confronting it like an adult. So,
2: And, okay. and you know, it's it's funny the way that, that we all respond to that. And this is slightly off topic, but I'll share it because I think there's probably some sports officials out there that get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll just share it so that we can feel like we all have something in common. Um, I have a friend of mine uh, who works uh, – in, in one of the industries that I'm a part of. <clears throat> and he has a, a consulting business within this industry. And uh, I, in the past, have used his consulting business and have the potential to use his consulting business now. It's very successful, it's very helpful, it's reasonably priced, it's all that kind of stuff, right? Like there's no reason I shouldn't want to use his consulting business now except That every time there is a call made against the St. Louis Blues or the St. Louis Cardinals that he doesn't like, he rips the sports official Mm -hmm. up one side and down the other on social media. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I have chosen not to use his consulting business. Now, I've never told him that's the reason. Sure. Now, I have had conversations with him about why I think maybe that's not the right thing to do, you Mm -hmm. know, in a public setting and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and, and everything. But that person has lost business from me yeah. simply because he chooses to publicly bash sports officials. Now, we are a very small percentage of the American population, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, well, you know, and then when you talk about sports officials who are also a part of this particular industry, right. the number's really tiny, sure, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not costing him a ton of business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that many of us as sports officials, I, I think we fall into one of two camps. Either we're the kind of people that pile on when somebody's getting bashed. Mm. I've heard other sports officials do that. Oh, mm. yeah, he was horrible the other night. Yeah. I, I, right now, this is the worst possible time because Little League Baseball is going on. Little League World Series is going mm. on right now. I was at a football meeting on Wednesday night, and what were the officials doing there? They were bashing Little League World Series umpires. Unbelievable. And I and I just told him, I said, Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to think about this. These are guys that on any other weekend would be down here at their local, you know, their their local park. Yeah. Calling mm-hmm. balls and strikes yep. for eleven and twelve year old kids. Yep. And now they are on international television. Mm-hmm. Millions of people watching. Oh my God. I said they are all scared to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I said, I, I want you to think about us. Like when I, I was using the analogy, one of the guys that was, was there is a, a college uh, official at the Division One level. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what it's like when somebody from D3 or D2 gets moved up to your level? I said, those first three or four weeks that they're there, are they very good? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, they're you know, they're their eyes are big like saucers and they got all the lights and Mm -hmm. all the stuff in the arena and whatever. And so, I mean, it takes them a while to adjust. I said, well, these guys don't get a while to adjust. Nope. You know, they go from the smaller, and that I'm talking about a D2, D3 official. It's a a solid collegiate official where they get stars in their eyes, just moving up a level
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. where these are people that go from calling at their local, you know, town of 2000 people, Mm -hmm. you know, on a Friday night, the little league game, to now being in Williamsport calling in front of all these people with cameras attached to their masks and all this <laughs> other kind of stuff going on. I said, just the fact they can get out there and do the job, we need to be congratulated. Without them.
1: throwing up on their shoes. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, and let's not forget, they could be doing their local 2000 population town league baseball game by themselves. Sure. And now they, now they go to Williamsport and there's you've got five other partners hanging out with That's you. That's right. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, it's just easy. Stand in that base. Ah, baloney, man. That's right. That is not how it works. No, that's not how it works. So, (laughs) yeah, I I give them credit. I haven't been watching the League World Series because we've changed our TV program and don't get ESPN. Oh, it's on ESPN now, right? Yep. But, yeah, I don't know. We haven't been watching this for whatever reason. So, I'm sure that they are getting bashed by more than – One umpire and more than one fan.
2: Yeah, so I think there's there's one group that falls into that category, Mm -hmm. you know, where they jump on the bandwagon and they do that. I think the the other group is the the group that says, "Oh my gosh, would you lay off the official? Right? Like just stop it, Mm -hmm. you know." And and I don't see a lot of officials in between, Mm. you know. And I find it really interesting when a sports official from one sport has no problem bashing officials in another sport. Because mm-hmm. I want to be like, don't you understand it's the exact same thing? Yeah. Like, it's the exact same thing. Like, le- like they'll get mad if you're bashing basketball officials because they're a basketball official. Right. But it's totally fine to go bash the NFL officials or bash the NHL or the wherever, you know. Mm-hmm. I find that very interesting. I do. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about your conversation specifically with other sports officials. Okay. Okay, Um, what conversations do you have with other sports officials that have nothing to do with officiating? Like, do you look to intentionally connect with people that maybe say you're going to be with during the season? Mm -hmm. And whether it's during season or off-season, whatever, do you ever intentionally look to connect with them about things that are just non-officiating related or are, are most of your conversations centered around officiating?
1: No, I always try and connect outside of officiating, uh, even if at the most, the micro level. You know, how are the family? Oh, you're married. You know, how long have you been married? Just at the the smallest level, um, as I work with uh, more and more w- with those officials, more and more, I tend to develop a little bit more about know a little bit more about them, know some interest. You know. Things like that. And then over the years, I've developed actual friendships Mm -hmm. where we're connected all year long. We're connected to their families. We're we're at birthday parties, you know, those kind of things. So, um, But I will say this. the, The amount of intentional conversations I have that are not part of officiating with other officials is pretty small compared to all the officials I know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, it, you know, majority of the times, it's it's small talk, right? Sure. You know, how was your flight? How was the weather? Um, you know, does your wife work in this weather? You know, those kind of things. Or do your partner? So that's – and that has to grow into more of year-round intentional conversations. But I always – always have conversations that are that is with other officials either before or after my games or you know coming up to that doesn't involve anything with officiating Mm -hmm. and sometimes I you know I often share you know books that I'm reading in the locker room I and share quotes that I heard I I share all kinds of stuff in the locker room and I want to say that not everyone but I've kind of become the become the person that they can razz oh here comes jeff with his quote here Mm -hmm. comes you know what is you know uh jeff thinks he's you know the the muse or whatever right so that does happen you know Mm -hmm. i consider it a form of flattery um i'm not too worried about it i consider it a compliment and because i enjoy that stuff so much that it doesn't really uh doesn't stifle me in wanting to share that message i guess
2: yeah I think one of the things that happens is uh, we we compartmentalize so much we've talked about this uh, in the last few weeks you know we, we have these compartments of our life and okay I have my I have my home compartment mm-hmm. I've got my work compartment I've got my school compartment I've got my officiating compartment I've got my hobby compartment I've got my civic organization compartment you know and a lot of times we only operate within that compartment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're a basketball official, well, then the only time you ever communicate with other basketball officials is if it's about basketball officiating. Yeah. You know, and I think we really miss out on some opportunities there. I uh, found it really interesting. One of the last basketball uh, officiating camps that I went to, um, I had lots of conversations with people. That's just something I do, mm-hmm. I, I tend to talk a lot. And one of the officials came up and said, "Chad, I think the last time I saw you was when we worked that triple overtime game." <laughs> blah, blah blah. Thank God I didn't see you on my schedule last year. You know, <laughs> and, funny, and right? it was a joke, and it was it was about officiating, mm-hmm. but it was something deeper than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was using that as a springboard to say, "Oh man, I didn't get to see you last season. Right. It's so good to see you now." That kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. hey, there was something that stuck out of my mind. There are other people that only want to talk basketball that's all they ever wanted to talk right the people that I end up gravitating towards were the people that were hey how are your kids I know I know they're getting ready to head back off to college mm-hmm. you know hey what's going on with Megan you know um, what's happening at home how you doing this is you know hey you look like you're you know you're in better shape this year than last year man that's awesome you've been putting in the work what, mm-hmm. whatever those things might be mm-hmm. those things that weren't about well, you know, do you, do you start out center or wide when you're at lead? Okay, well, those are conversations you need to ask the clinician, not me. You <laughs> yeah, know, ask right. somebody that's more, uh, that's more qualified. But those kinds of things, I think when, when we begin having conversations that go beyond what we do and instead reach out to who we are, I think that's key because especially in American culture, I know we have people listening to the podcast lots of other places too, but in American culture, one of the things that we tend to do is confuse what we do with who we are. Mm. I am not a basketball official.
1: Yeah, Listen, I know this one. (laughs) You know,
2: I am not a baseball umpire. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, whatever my different jobs might be. I'm I'm Chad.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And Chad officiates basketball, and Chad umpires baseball, and Chad does this, and Chad does that.
0: But if I had to stop, basketball tomorrow,
2: I'd still be chat. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's the the key part of who I am. <clears throat> and whenever we just focus into that one compartment, then what we do is we elevate that compartment. And then you end up with an injury. You end up with, you know, what what something happens and you can no longer do that. Now there's this whole piece of you that is missing, right? I've I've begun approaching these conversations in Okay, if if I no longer officiated basketball, would Jeff and I still be friends? Because mm-hmm. if the only thing we ever talked about was officiating basketball, and one of us stopped officiating basketball, right, there wouldn't be any link left to connect us,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so I I think that we we need to do that. We need to be fostered. And you're right. At the beginning, it's small talk, mm-hmm. but as you as you've said, go through the wars with people. Yeah. As you have those experiences, you have to begin you get the opportunity to begin those relationships, mm-hmm. but it takes intentionality.
1: Yeah. And there's many people that I've worked with over the 20 years that we we still don't have intentional conversations
2: mm-hmm.
1: just where there's not a good fit, you know, uh, that's right. Um, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I, I got plenty of classmates that I don't talk to anymore mm-hmm. because we just weren't good at fit. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, when I mow, I think a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, there's always this, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? You know, show me your five closest friends. Show me your future. I'll see your future. Okay. So some of my closest friends that when I was a kid, when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, they were, I mean, we were blood brothers. Mm -hmm. Now we're still, we still communicate every so often, but we're not, we're not friends. Like I have friends now. Because they went a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. Sometimes we hold on to, well, we've been friends forever. Well, is that, does that person going in the same direction you're going? No. Then why are you hanging out with them? Why are you, why are you attaching yourself to them? It's okay to still be friends with them, but you don't have to, you know, stay in that same uh, blood brother type relationship with them. When you know they're going in a different direction than you are. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And maybe 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 I'm going down the bad road and they're going down a good road. Guess what? They're going to say, "Hey, listen, sorry, Jeff. This is where I'm heading. Mm-hmm. If you want to go on this road, you got to you got to come this way. I'm not going to pull you along." So that's where I think and I, and I thought about that because I, I have a really good friend, you know, and um he actually told me I helped him out with something or whatever he asked if I could come up. Something in the house and I helped him and he was introducing me to his wife who he'd been married to for a couple of years but he said this is probably my first ever best friend Mm. you know but we he didn't say we are best friends sure but he was my first ever you know we were first best friends and that's true we very much were so Um, Even though he did really do, he threw me under the bus one time. I don't know if I liked that or not. So, but uh, we were kids. But, yeah, we just went different ways because, and there's nothing, just to give you an example, you know, this guy, he drinks a lot. He smokes a lot. You know, that's just just kind of what he does. I I don't know what else he does, but I don't do those things. Mm -hmm. So that's not what I'm going to do, so I'm not going to be hanging around with you. If we were both going to the bars all the time, we'd probably still be the best of friends, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So just, just remember, right, if you show me your five closest friends, I'll show you your future.
2: I like that. What happens as we begin to develop these relationships, you know, and in, in conversations is that then then that's when the intentionality really happens. So mm-hmm. when you find those people that you click with, mm-hmm. you know, with without even Jeff asking, I could probably name – five or six people in Jeff's officiating life that he is closest to. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with Jeff having ever given me a list. It has to do with when Jeff and I've had conversations, those are the people that he brings up. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so if those are the people that you're talking about with other people, then obviously those are people that are important to you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you, you have those conversations. And when, when, when the intentionality happens is when we we go out of our way to connect, even when it's not convenient. i uh we have a mutual friend Alan. Mm-hmm. Alan reached out to me uh, a few weeks ago. Just quick text. It wasn't a you know big, deep thing or anything. He knew I'd had a a, a rough week or so, just, say, "Hey, man, thinking about you, hope things are going well, yada, yada, right. Real simple, that's, that's an intentional communication,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? That then ended up leading to an intentional conversation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, because we compartmentalize, we only think of those fellow officials during that season mm-hmm. or during that moment or you know whatever it might be. And so I, I think that's something, again, the, the whole purpose of this podcast is we want to be uncommon we don't want to do the common thing. We don't want to do what everybody else is doing because in my opinion, what everybody else is doing isn't working. Right. (laughs) You know, it's just not. Mm -hmm. And we could go to about a hundred different things in life and Mm -hmm. what everybody else is doing (laughs) isn't working. Do the opposite. (laughs) You know, and and it may not be the opposite. It may just be, we need to tweak it. It Mm -hmm. may just be, we need to focus it. Mm -hmm. It may just be, we need to stop it. Mm -hmm. Whatever those things might be. But I really believe that we need to learn to be intentional so like for instance we're really good at doing study groups or accountability groups or whatever during the season mm. right mm-hmm. well what if instead what if those groups started when the season was over hmm, yeah you know an off-season
1: what, accountability yeah what right. if what
2: if they were the thing that kept us accountable to be mm-hmm. doing the right things until the next season starts mm-hmm. yeah then the next season starts. We get the opportunity to have conversations. You know what's
1: so weird is I just just saw in some social media post about because this is the first Friday night in Illinois football, right? Yeah, this know, is opening night. Opening night, and everybody's like, "Hey, you know, good luck to all the all the high school football crews, and you know all, all this stuff." And I think that's great. Don't get me wrong, but the first thing that came to my head is, "I wonder what they've done for the past nine months to prepare." To write that post, did they just go through life day in and day out? or did you know, they went I uh, went to a two hour training thing you know on a Saturday on some football field that was 110 degrees. Or did they work on being a better football official at, you know c- consistently throughout that nine months to say, okay, it's opening day. You know that's what I want to know. not good luck to y'all. What did you guys do? I want to know what y'all did to get to this point right now. What'd you do?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting you bring that up because that's something I want to talk about here in just a second. And so I'll just we'll just interject it here. That's the fun of this I may I may actually I may
1: actually comment on that post. Do it. Hey, just curious, what'd you all do for the past nine months to prepare you for this moment?
2: So one of the things that I think happens, especially for those of us in officiating who have chosen to attempt to elevate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and elevate could mean something different to a lot of different people. Sure. For some people, elevate could be well, I've been working junior high for forever. I'd like to become a high school varsity official, Mm -hmm. right? Some people, I'd love to be a junior college official. I'd love to be a D1. I'd love to be pro, whatever those things are, right? Um, Up until two seasons ago, I worked on a regular high school football crew every Friday night. Mm -hmm. As my. Baseball schedule increased, that became more difficult because the pro league that I work covers the first three weeks of the football season. Sure. So that became more difficult um, as my basketball schedule increased, that became more difficult because it now covers the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, so the idea that I would be a part of a dedicated crew because in Illinois. Um, you go to the playoffs as a crew, yeah. not as individuals. Right. So the idea that I would be a part of a dedicated crew really was doing a disservice to the other members of my crew. Mm-hmm. So starting last year, uh, I went to my local assigners and said, hey, if I have an open Friday night uh, or you know whatever day they they happen to be playing now, I said, throw me out there with anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll, I'll be a fill-in guy. They're always looking for fill-ins. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. You know, just whatever because I know the need for officials. I've still got my certification. I, I did not go to a clinic. I did not do those kinds of things because again I'm not trying to get into postseason, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I did that. And uh, so I got assigned to a game for tonight, opening mm-hmm. night. Uh, and one of the people that I'm working with, in fact, the guy who will be the white hat on the game is the guy who very first brought me into high school football. Hmm. Super fun. One of the guys I'm working with is a replay supervisor and official uh, in the OVC, Mm -hmm. okay, Division I football, right? Uh, One of them is a multiple state finals official. Mm -hmm. The fifth guy, I don't know. I'll meet him tonight Mm -hmm. when we go (laughs) do this thing, right? So uh, all three of those guys, I think, are are state final officials Mm -hmm. in high school, plus, you know, then all the other stuff uh all three of them have worked college uh you know at at different levels and all and so i'm gonna go work football tonight just for fun
3: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah like literally Mm -hmm. just for fun now i know i'm not gonna do the game a disservice right because i have other officials out there that if something crazy happened like they're gonna know the rule they're Mm -hmm. gonna have all that kind of stuff i know how to manage a game (laughs) the guy who's white hatting, i told him i'd work anywhere I said, you know, put me back, Judge, if you want. I could use some running tonight. And mm-hmm. that kind of thing goes, nope, I want you on a sideline. I need you working with coaches. You're a mm-hmm. communicator. All right. Okay, well, cool. That's my reputation, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So I get the opportunity to do that and be a, a benefit to the crew, all that. But the fun thing about it was is I thought, man, when's the last time I went out to officiate just for fun?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: You know, because, again, those of us that try to elevate,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's job. Oh, yeah. Like it's work. And I'm not saying it won't be work tonight. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking forward to going out tonight and having fun officiating sport. And I had a situation like that a little bit earlier this week. I had an official that had to bail at the last minute. I went to cover a junior high baseball game. It was junior high jv so All that right. tells you just how good the baseball is going to be right in the bottom of the second inning my partner had to leave because of a family emergency oh i was on the plate <laughs> so i ended up working this game by myself i had an absolute blast yeah i had two catchers that were working their butt off in the heat mm-hmm. uh you know i had coaches that were good um it, it was just a great experience and there is something about the joy of just officiating for fun mm-hmm. that then when I went back to my regular sport where the, you know, my regular baseball league where the, the play's a little better than what it was at mm-hmm. the yeah, <laughs> J- JV junior high level,
1: right.
2: I came back with a little bit of renewed energy and excitement because I remembered how fun it is sure. to do what we do. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, are, are there things that you do, Jeff, to find the joy in officiating?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I have to look for it much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I just don't know. Um, I typically have to look for the joy and find the joy when I'm in a tough stretch. Okay. Whether I put two or three average games together, whether I had two or three tough travel days, I got to start finding the joy. What's the real reason I'm here? But for the most part, I, you know, I've grown to love, I want to say I've grown to, to love officiating. No matter what the sport. Yep. If if you were to ask me today, hey, our fifth just dropped out on the football and I was qualified, I would probably do it sure. because I love officiating. Yeah. I love that. Um, But so I don't have to struggle to find the joy because the joy is, you know, I think if I, if I had to say I get it from anywhere, I get it from my wife. Gina is very supportive of my officiating. She... I think sometimes she enjoys watching me officiate more than I enjoy officiating. Oh, wow. <laughs> she, you know, she's always got the ESPN+. Plus. You know, she's yep. watching the game. Where can I watch the game? What time does it start? You know, she doesn't want to go to the game, but she wants to watch it. You know, and she she enjoys the, you know, the, the pressure of the announcers going, oh, it's the fourth foul, and <laughs> Jeff Cross called it, and, you know, let's see the replay, and then they get it, you know, maybe I get it right. And she kind of cheering for me so um, that for me is the joy when I get to leave and she's like hey good luck have a good game I'll be watching Mm. and then when I get home or when I call her after the game she'll say man what a game that was or I was a real snoozer or how do you think that went (laughs) you know because that's when she knows it maybe didn't go as well as we wanted it to go so that's where I find my joy I think I find my joy in officiating at home that makes sense. Mm,
2: I like that a lot. And again, I think that's something that we're all going to find differently. You know, Mm -hmm. what's that thing that either, you know, rekindles that spark or maintains that excitement about fishing? What's that thing that makes it fun for you?
1: Think about that for a second. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, please. That's the way we should be working any of our jobs. Mm hmm. We should, we should have our joy, whatever our joy is. So if I was working at the factory and my you know and my wife supported me going to work at that factory, working the midnight shift, coming home and she was, you know how'd your day go and I'm glad you're home, those kind of things, th- that's where I would find our, my joy and I'm hoping that a- other officials and other just people listening that are working regular nine to five jobs find their joy. I just hope and pray it's not at the belly up at the bar. We don't want people to find joy in, you know, uh, I I, I want to say poison, but is it uh, amphetamines? Am I saying that? What is, is it? like a depressant. Alcohol is like mm-hmm. a depressant. You know, so that's what we're doing. So we're just kind of drowned in our sorrows. So we're not really finding joy. We're just hiding something. So we want you to find joy, whether that be in another person, uh, you know, maybe you're a, you like to carve some wood or go golfing or whatever that is. Find that joy. So that way it makes going to work, whether it be officiating or, that you're not, or you're being a librarian, you have that joy.
2: Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about a lot of blue-collar jobs. Mm. They said, you know, today kids are always encouraged to, you know, follow their bliss, you know, or find their passion. Mm, yeah. Things like that and all. And, and the person that they were... Uh, interviewing, worked a, a very, very blue-collar job. And uh, so the, the host kind of said, so so is that your passion? And the person said, oh, no. No. Absolutely right. not. He said, my passion is my spouse and kids that I get to come home to at the end of the day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: said, that's what allows me to go do this job with joy mm-hmm. and work hard and all that. It's not because I love the work, mm-hmm. It's because I love who I do the work for, right? And I think I think there can be some people out there that maybe maybe they don't love officiating, maybe they love the people they're officiating for.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: that allows them to go on the vacation with that family or do this or do that. But I think for a lot of us, there is a real love of actual officiating, or mm-hmm. maybe it's love of a sport that mm-hmm. you grew up with your whole life, and you you'd be miserable officiating a different sport, mm-hmm. but you love that sport. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation earlier this week talking about a a local official that we know, um, you know, who's pretty advanced in age um, and has been a, a state finals official in multiple sports and is still officiating. But now instead of officiating running up and down a basketball court, instead of officiating running around on a softball field or wherever else now is officiating sports that they can be more physically, stable mm-hmm. you know volleyball swimming and diving mm-hmm. water polo mm-hmm. things like that and we still need officials yep. in those sports mm-hmm. you know and because they have such a love for officiating they've continued they just said okay well i, I can't do that sport anymore because of my physical limitations mm-hmm. so i'm gonna now transition to a sport that i can do because mm-hmm. of the physical requirements mm-hmm. and I, I i really was amazed by this when i I was going, man, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting out on the football field on Friday night. And it was because I just get to go hang out with a group of officials. Mm -hmm. I get to have conversations. I get to, you know, be around the fun and the joy of a Friday night football game, whatever that might be. Like, I know a lot of college basketball officials, for instance, that they love working one high school game a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because for them it's fun, like get it's, away, it's right. no pressure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the local high school, it's the whatever, you know, finding that thing that brings excitement, and enthusiasm, whether it's your family at home, whether it's just the opportunity to get out and have, you know, be physical with what you do, mm-hmm. whether it's the environment or the people you're doing it with. I think it's really important to find that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's, it, I've said this before in many podcasts, at least for sure in previous podcasts there's nothing better for me there's no better feeling than putting on the uniform mm. it was like that when I played baseball and I like that when I when I played you know basketball and wrestled and football putting the uniform on on game day it just hits different mm-hmm. and that's you know turned into officiating mm-hmm. when I put my uniform on in the locker room on game day it just hits different mm-hmm. than putting on my t-shirt and shorts and a baseball hat when i you know i just it just feels different and if you're still getting that feeling that's good if you're starting to lose that feeling you better find some way to get that feeling back because that's why we do it just to put the uniform on to just you know it's like we we get to it's like Clark Kent in Superman he puts that uniform on he becomes a different person he can he can do he feels unstoppable he you know all of a sudden he can you know use his superpowers when we put our uniform on, we can feel that same way. If you're not feeling it, find a way to get that feeling back.
2: Yeah. And uh, the last thing that I'd like to then bring up with this, Jeff, because I, I think it's really key. I've, I've had a couple different situations this last week where I've heard of some folks that have just really gone through some pretty significant struggles. Um, and I think all of us go through those from time to time. Um, and, one of the ways that we can be a help and encouragement to others, again, we can be uncommon Mm -hmm. is if we are able to be in tune and aware when people around us are going through that. Now there's some people that we just may not have the opportunity to do that with, but like you just said, you know, there's, there's a group of people that, that you're closer to Mm -hmm. because you've developed relationships. Well, if, If I have those people that I'm close to during the basketball season and March comes around and now I don't have communication with them until, you know, a couple days before camp in July. Mm -hmm. So I can see, you know, what they're doing and all. And then I don't have communication with them again until, you know, the second week in November when we have our first game together. Mm -hmm. Well, then I'm not really connected to know what's what's going on. But sometimes just that that quick conversation, that text, that whatever, that helps maintain a relationship during that off-season, now we begin to, to clue into where people are at, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I had a, a conversation with somebody the other day, they're like, I had no idea this person was going through this thing. And how many times do we hear that? Something significant goes on with somebody, and people are like, well, we had no clue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, sometimes the reason we have no clue is because we're not maintaining the investment. Mm-hmm. And so I would really encourage us as sports officials, especially because we know how high pressure the job is that we have, that for us to maintain connection with those around us, uh, it it doesn't have to be lengthy, it doesn't have to be that, but just to stay connected so then you can, you'll be like, okay, something's different, Mm -hmm. you know? And if if you've done the work of those intentional conversations, then it gives you the opportunity to say, hey, is everything all right? You know, what What can I do to help? And, and you I know, think that's big. The
1: only way you can have that intentional conversation is you have to start it. You, ha- yeah. you don't have, the, the reach out does not need to be so intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, just yesterday I called our buddy Corky. Yeah. By the way, I've had a few people tell me, we need to get Corky on the podcast. Awesome. Wouldn't that be great?
2: That would be <laughs> – <laughs> I'm not sure the podcast can handle it. But, <laughs> yes, I think we need to do that. <laughs>
1: that would be good. Checking his phone all the time. You know, oh, I got a page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> You know, Corky is one of the last guys still carrying pagers, maybe. I don't know. But um anyway, I called him because he assigned soccer. Yeah. And this is the first week of fall sports, so he would have had soccer games. And of course it's been really hot here in this area, so I'm sure he lost a lot of games, had to mm-hmm. reschedule. So I was just thinking about him I and I called him. He didn't answer, he was busy, you know, and I just say, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. I, you know, thinking about you with soccer assigning and I know you had a lot of cancellations and probably a lot of makeup games and you know, I just really just touching base, just checking in, you know. And, of course, he texted me back, and he didn't get a chance to listen to my voicemail. He's like, everything okay. Yeah, everything's fine. Just checking in with you. No need to call me back, you know. So, um, but that's how it starts. That's right. When we do connect again on the phone, it it started with just checking because I know that you're at the beginning of soccer season, and it can be a little hectic for you. Mm-hmm. And then it could turn into, yeah, you know, since I got you, I got a new grandbaby or, you know, I, I – um I'm retiring in two years, you know, whatever the sort story is. So that's how we can now have intentional conversations. But you I think it's a mistake just to start off intentional. We sure. ha, we ha, it's if it has to start somewhere small to get someone just to say, Okay, whatever. Chad's my friend. I could talk to him. Then when he asks me an intentional question, I can be somewhat open with him.
2: Yeah. And if and my my part of, of the intentionality is the idea that sometimes just that start of something small is, is the intention. Yeah. The okay. That's true. Part. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if I'm not thinking to do that, mm-hmm. you know, what what's the reason that the person puts out there, Hey, good luck to all the crews that are going to do this tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well it's because they're trying to be intentional to those around them. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's just to remind friends and family that, yeah, this is something we do and Mm -hmm. something we're proud of. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, it can be that. It can be to encourage those other guys that are going out there. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's that guy that's like, well, you know, I really wanted to quit after last year, but there's such a need, you know, I decided to hang on for one more year. And Mm -hmm. they see a little post like that. All right. Yeah. It is time to get back out there and do it again. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it doesn't take something big, you know, it just takes that small act. But, but we do have to be intentional with what we do. We can't just say, well, this stuff's going to fall on our laps. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have to be intentional and encouraging. And, you know, today be uh, uh, a great reminder that, you know, if you're a sports official it's in the off season, and you know uh, an official that's just started, you know, fall volleyball or soccer or football or whatever that sport might be that they're out there with me, and reach out and encourage them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, hey, I, you know, you're a regular college basketball partner of mine, but I know you work – High school football, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I hope you have a great season. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that, I think, can, can be huge.
1: You know how many basketball referees reached out to me when I started baseball back up? All the time. Yeah. You know, all the time. They'd be like, hey, you know, how's that new sport going? You know, mm-hmm. do you like it? You know, are you, you know, you know, all these other questions, even though it's still surrounded about officiating, but they were very intentional conversations about how I was adjusting to. That something was new yeah at that time for me so that's cool you yeah know? And, absolutely and it's um i like i just you know trying to recall some of those first phone calls and i and i remember you know smiling big you know yeah. it's really cool yeah i like it you know it's it's a good deal it's got some pros and cons and i tell people often that i i uh i don't have to suffer through the uh four weeks of cold i come in the first part of april and it's already warming up, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, That's but awesome. yeah, there's a lot of intentional conversations that happen that way, you know. And I'm even going to say, you know, we we like it when people ask us about this, and we we like it when people reach out. It, same thing goes with this podcast.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If if we didn't have people reaching out and telling us that they enjoy it or telling about telling us about, hey, that that subject you talked about two weeks ago, I was able to apply it. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have that stuff. We probably would have quit a long time ago. Sure. We'd have been like, yeah, you know, whatever. So I think we need to, you know, if you're listening out there and you're going, should I send them something? Yes, you should. <laughs> Be intentional and send us something.
2: And you can send it to uncommon Drive podcast at gmail.com. You know your cues. Kid. That's right. <laughs> hey, everybody, we hope you have a great week. Uh, we hope that you're intentional in the way you reach out to people. We hope you're uncommon in the way you live your life, in the way you lead others, and the legacy that you leave to those that come behind. Have a great week, everybody. See you all. thanks for listening to the uncommon drive podcast be sure to check us out on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to leave us a five star rating